It's August 26th, 2021. This is Rook. Welcome to episode 139 of Rook. Hope you're keeping well wherever you are tuning in from around the world. Durud, salam to Sanaziz, or Mivar Hastam Ke, Chuva Mizun Bashin. Hello to you from Toronto, Canada. Welcome to another one of our special themed episodes of Rook this month. Hello, Groovy Shaya. This is the last of our themed episodes before we get back to a new season two of Rook next Monday, so be ready for that. Today we have something special though. We are focusing on the music icons, two remarkable humans of Iranian descent, both of them legendary creators who've made and are making a huge contribution in the realm of Persian music, songwriting, and performance. First up, simply one of the greatest singer-songwriters in Persian history and a man whose songs can be sung by Iranians around the world. Fatomaz Aslani joins me for his first major English interview ever. And then a songwriter that has few equals, a man who has literally been responsible for hundreds of Iranian hit songs over the last five decades from Gugush to Daryush to Ebi to Moin. Farid Zolan joins me from Los Angeles. And a special note that both of these interviews will be presented with subtitles in Persian and in English on YouTube and Instagram. That's all coming up. We're coming to you on rookmedia.com. It is there that you can link to all of our platforms and where you can become a patron. We are on our ongoing mission to build a new audiovisual encyclopedia of Iranian diaspora identity. We're coming to you on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and CastBox. And if you'd like to see some visuals with Rook and those subtitles, see us on social media. Switch over to YouTube or Instagram right now. And if you like your Rook descriptions and bulletins in English and in Farsi, check us out on Telegram. All right. Let's get to our guests. We get back to our regular show on Monday, August 30th. But in the meantime, this is a special themed episode of Rook. I'm Gian Gomeshi. This is The Music Icons. go. You know, it's no exaggeration to say that my first feature guest today is a legend when it comes to contemporary Iranian music. He is an icon, beloved and respected Iranian-American composer, songwriter, instrumentalist. He is the man with that satin voice. Take a listen to this. خودش 
سفر کردم که یابم بلکه یارم را نجستم یار و گم کردم یارم را نجستم یار و گم کردم یارم را شام شام تارم تو جلوه بهارم تو بیر و پش نظارم تو همه کسم تو هر حوثم تو هم نفسم تو بال و پرم تو هم سفرم تو There you go, a little taste of some of the familiar hits of my feature guest today. The singular Farmaz Aslani. Songs you just heard spanning over four decades of creative magic. Farmaz was born in Tehran in the mid-1950s after moving to England for university and graduating from London University's College of Journalism in the early 70s. He returned to Iran and worked for one of two English dailies, Tehran Journal. But, of course, it was his breakthrough as a musician that made him a public name. In 1977, Farmaz Aslani signed with CBS Records and released his debut album, Delamashkulia or Occupation of the Heart. It was an instant classic that has endured to this day. The song Agegerus, If One Day, from the album became one of the greatest Iranian music hits and has remained on the bestsellers chart since its debut. After the 1979 revolution in Iran, Farmaz and his family moved back to England, where he worked both as a journalist and a musician for more than a decade. Then, after a very successful U.S. tour in the early 1990s, which attracted the attention of eager Iranians all over America, Farmaz moved to the States, where he lives and works today. Throughout over 44 years of his music career, Farmaz has released six studio albums, several hit singles, some celebrated videos and poetic works, and a number of legendary collaborations with everyone from Dariush to, very recently, young Danny Asadi. Farmaz has been releasing an autobiographical video series called Droplets, and this past year put out a new single called Hanuz. We will get to all of that, but first... Farmaz Aslani joins me from Los Angeles today. Hello, sir. Hello, Zhanzhan. Hello, and hello to all the wonderful people who are watching and hearing us today. It is such an honor uh, to do this and and to do it in English. You know, um, upon telling some people that we'll be doing this interview, I had the question, uh, oh, how is Farmaz's English? Uh, which is quite funny because not only is your English perfect, but you were a journalist in England for many years when you left Iran after the revolution. Does it amuse you that people do not know that side of you? Uh, well, well, there there are a lot of sides of me that people don't know, you know. But uh, well, little by little, I'm going to divulge the other sides and facets of mine. <laughs> Before we leave the idea of you being a journalist, I'm curious where you feel the journalist in you intersects with the songwriter and artist. Much of your music, uh, if if one were to generalize, would would generalize to say it's romantic, it's poetic, rather than political or say based in the news of the day um mm-hmm. do you feel like those are two different sides of you or do you feel like the journalist in your dna informs you as an artist somehow to be honest with you you know one of the first lessons of journalism is observation you have to observe you know and uh, as as a musician i also observe because i write uh, all my own lyrics and all my own music 
if I have sang from other people, has been from Molana, has been from Hafez, uh, Sepehri, or uh, other contemporary and classical poets. Uh, but usually I sing my own lyrics because uh, my reason is that I know myself better than anyone else. Mm. I can express myself through my words. But uh, if, if I sing from another person, I cannot, you know, really and truly uh, relay his message. You know, I don't have that in me. You know, I have to feel it first and foremost. یه دیواره که پشتش هیچی نداره تو که دیوارو پوشیدن سیه عبرون نمیاد دیگه خورشید از توشون بیرون So uh, it's funny because you know that to begin with when I went to England my father wanted me you know to study law as he had uh, but I found uh, that uh, very cumbersome, especially you know when they put the British Constitution in front of me, which was a hefty book. I believe me, I couldn't carry it. Even as a young man, I couldn't carry that book. And uh, after a while, you know, I I thought, you know, I, well, this is not what I want. I uh, gave it a respite for about a year or so, and then I uh, went to College of Journalism, and you know, fortunately, I was accepted there. And I started journalism because, you know, it worked with words. Yes. And I have always been a lover of words, you know, yes. I mean, to me are magic. And uh, that's why, you know, the, the, the way of expression for me. And by the way, not just words, but language. It feels like so much of your life and works are... Uh, intertwined with language in in the formal Farsi that you famously speak in the in your perfect English that we can hear right now in the fact that you studied French as a little kid is it safe yeah. to assume you love language? Uh, very early in life, I found you know that I have a knack for languages. You know, so to me, it was very easy to learn different languages. And of course, you know, I went to a French primary school for six years. Even before I went to primary school, my grandfather, my uh, maternal grandfather, uh, taught me the Latin uh, alphabet and uh, he really spent time with me. So when I went to uh, St. Louis school, you know, in Tehran, I was quite ahead of the other kids, you know, who were there. And uh, since then, uh, I've always, always loved language. I love to find the roots and the rudiments of the language. You know, I, I want to work through your story and uh, with the music that at each sort of point in the story, at each goalpost yeah. as we go through the, your, your decades. But let me just ask you this first. When you, we played that little medley up the top. Yeah. When you sit and hear snippets of your, your hits, your past songs, yeah. are you someone who uh, delights in hearing them or, or, or do you think of things you would have done differently and you just want to focus forward? Uh, to me, you know, because the lyrics are mine and it was a final decision to put down those lyrics and sing those lyrics. Lyrics wise, no, but music wise, yes. <laughs> Ayah, 
هم میگذرید ز شهری که زمونه برویم در Through years, you know, for instance, my first uh, uh-huh. album, uh, Occupation of the Heart, you know, there are some songs in it which I want to do with different arrangements now. Uh, because then the lyrics acquired that kind of arrangement. Nowadays, you know, my metabolism changed <laughs> and I wanted to, I want to hear it differently. But that's so interesting that you're, you stand by the lyrics. The 27-year-old Fahmar is writing that album. You're fine with all the lyrics. They they are. I mean, as you should be. You know, they're a snapshot in time. But but that you don't put on the critical lens about your writing in that sense. You know, when I started writing my own lyrics, uh, I had an idea. Uh, I, I knew poetry very well. You know, poetry to me is second nature. It's like my you know this. It's my nature, you know, to write poetry and, you know, to speak poetry. And it's very easy for me to write lyrics and write poems. When uh, I started writing my own lyrics, I didn't, I, I had all kinds of uh, complicated uh, poetry in my head, but I wanted to start with the simplest lyrics you could imagine. Mm-hmm. Because I said, if, I go with the very heavy lyrics that I have. Nobody, you know, will understand it to begin with. And I probably, you know, alienate myself to my listener. So I used very simple lyrics, which is Agiyaru's very simple lyrics. You know, it's uh, almost the way you speak in the street, you know? And then I knew much, much deeper and much more sophisticated language for poetry. But I said, no, it, 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 this is not right. You know, I, I want to be with my audience, with my listeners. So let me start simple and then carry them with me to heavier lyrics and heavier poetry. And that's what happened. Um, I, I should make this distinction, I think, for um, for non-Iranians uh, watching or listening to this as well, which is that when we talk about you, we're talking about someone, as you've pointed out a couple of times now already in this interview, that is very much involved in every aspect of the creation of your pieces. Like, And that wasn't really a tradition amongst many of your contemporaries. Um, it still isn't. I, I mean, and your lyrics are very special, and they are written by you. When I talk about you to my um, Canadian friends who may not know of you yet, I say you're like our Iranian Leonard Cohen. No, nobody wrote the lyrics for Leonard Cohen. You know that that is who he is: is his lyrics and his music. But the fact that you were bold enough to to take the step to do that really kind of sets you apart. How did you know that that was okay? Or what was your influence to be able to do that in the 70s when many other famous singers, great ones, were had lyricists who would write things for them? Yeah, yeah. It, it's funny that you, say, you should mention that because uh, when I got to England, the first, one of the very first songs, you know, that I heard was uh, Leonard Cohen's, you know, first album, you know, the songs of Leonard Cohen with Suzanne, you know, yeah. and old, uh, I think it's Birds on the Wire. And, and uh, before I listened to Cohen, I knew him through his poetry. I had read his book of poetry. And he had appealed to me because, you know, I said, 
uh, how uh, you know musical his words are. I didn't know he, he sang or he you know he, he uh, was a musician as well. Hmm. And then in England, you know, I realized that you know well you know the man is an all rounder. You know, I mean he writes his own lyrics, his own music. That's what I wanted to do, a package of myself, of my soul, you know, to, you know, say, well, this is what I have, you know, uh, take it or leave it, you know, I, the need is mine. I always say, you know, I always say the need to write and sing and perform is mine. I need to do that. You know, if you tape the beak of a bird, you know, probably dies <laughs> if he cannot sing. That's like me. If I don't write, if I don't sing, you know, perhaps, you know, I'm, I finished. Miduni de la sire, a sire to be mire. Miduni bedune to, delam arum nagire. Miduni del tangeto, nemude ahangeto. Vali vi bude chuya, vasi vi bude puya. It is such a uh, interesting journey. I always say, you know, I am the in the middle here. The source is somewhere else, you know, which is the inspiration and the inspirational. You catch that source and then you carry it and you deliver it to your listener, to your uh, audience. I am in the middle. I, I like a wire. I am like a wire. Mm. You know, the source is somewhere else and the receiver in other places. So I'm the connection in between the two. In the beginning, I mean, back in that late 70s period, did anyone say to you, I mean, did someone at CBS Records or one of your friends or a producer or something say to you, Listen, buddy, actually, we should get Iraj Jaratiatai to, to write the lyrics for you. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Because first of all, they had the problem with uh, the arrangements of my music. When I got to Iran, Khanume Paris Zangene, which is an opera singer, I was invited to her place one night and uh, many the uh, uh, big uh, musicians were there and I had uh, written a couple of songs, you know, so I performed them. And at the end of the evening, this gentleman came to me, a tall gentleman, very, very uh, nice face and said, well, my name is uh, this and that. I have uh, come uh, to establish CBS records in Tehran. And we want to have uh, Tehran as the center of all our Middle Eastern uh, activities, mm -hmm. production and all these kind of things. Uh, can you come and see me tomorrow? I went to his office in the morning and he said to me, uh, the songs that you sang last night, who were they by? I said, well, they are my own songs. He said, how many of them do you have? I, then I had about 21, 22 songs which uh, 10 of which, you know, went into the first album, Del Mashkulia. I said, you know, well, 2021, I said, okay, you know, I'm going to send a producer to come and uh, work with you and uh, select some of the songs. Uh, Mr. Marcel Estefania, who was uh, a very fantastic pianist and uh, musical director, he came to my house as a producer of my work and uh, we selected uh, 10 songs, you know, we, we chose 10 songs between all the songs that I had. And he said, these 10 songs are good. We can go with them. 
So I went to a studio pop in Tehran with one guitar and we recorded all these 10 songs. And CBS wanted to give it a huge arrangement. I said, no, I want a couple of guitars, percussions, perhaps a flute here or there and bass, of course. They said, no, you know, I mean, this is not the fashion. People are not used to that. People would love to hear huge orchestrations. I said, no, well, you know, I mean, my words will get lost. So I won that battle. And I'm so glad I did because, you know, otherwise it would have been dated so badly, the songs. It really stands out. It was you. You, you took the words. I'm. I'm so glad you went there because it was something I wanted to ask you about. The production blows me away. I mean, and 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 I think you're right. That part of the reason it's a classic record is because it's. I mean, it's an overused word to say timeless. Valley. It doesn't sound like this. That moment of the nineteen late nineteen seventies with the the disco or yeah. the production or the horns or whatever. And so, um, uh, it really is a surprising listen to how stripped down it is. Let me just play a little bit of. Uh, I mean, it's inevitable that we have sure. to play a tiny bit of it. Let's play a bit of uh, Agayeruz just to just to hear that what you were just talking about. اگه میخوای پیشم بمونی بیا تا باقی جوونی بیا تا پوست دست و خونه نظر دلم تنها بمونه بذار شبم رنگی بگیره دوباره آهنگی بگیره بگیره رنگ اون دیاری که توش منو تنها نذاری اگه یه روزی نوم تو تو گوش من صدا کنه دوباره باز قمت بیاد که منو مبتلا کنه به دل میگم کاریش نباشه بذار درد تو دواشه بره توی تموم چونم که باز براد آواز a little bit of that legendary song from Farmaz Aslani's debut album, Occupation of the Heart and Age Yeruz. Um, Farmaz, when you were recording that, when you guys were doing that, did you have any idea how special that song was, that it would effectively become the anthem you know, for uh, Iranians for decades to come? I didn't, to be honest with you, because uh, I was so excited to go into the studio, you know, and... Uh, have CBS, you know, Colombia, you know, record my work, you know, which I was, you know, on the top of the world, to be honest with you. I didn't think about the success of it. I didn't think about anything else. Only that my music was recorded by CBS and it's going to be that, uh, you know, logo of CBS in the corner of my, you know, album. That was a, very exciting for me. I, I never thought, you know, it gets so huge, you know, that be, uh, it's been sung in so many different languages, you know, professionally and uh, otherwise. But Jean, uh, let me uh, go to uh, when you asked me about lyrics. Yes, I haven't forgotten. You asked me, you know, whether there was pressure that I should use other, yes. other yes. lyrics. Yes, yes, there was, there was. But uh, my reasoning was that uh, I, I want to express myself. I want to have a package of my own self. You know, I mean, I cannot uh, represent somebody else's thoughts. 
I can do that, you know, if I read their poetry aloud. But to sing and, you know, to write music on, you know, is a different uh, animal, you know, which I rather use my own lyrics. And mind you, the uh, big names that you mentioned, you know, one of them said to me, well, your lyrics are so Pishapovta, they're so ordinary, <laughs> so, you know, passe and all these kind of things, you know, they're cheap, you know, I mean, you should write, you know, more sophisticated lyrics, you know, and I said, well, I cannot, you know, uh, to begin with, shock my audience into good words. Mm. I want them to come with me step by step, you know, and grow with me. You know, I mean, uh, yes, that, that that there was a pressure in that sense as well. I mean, again, the amazing thing is that you, because even when that record came out at first, I'm sure, I have to imagine, there were people going, what's going on here? There's no big production on this. You know, what does this guy think he's doing? You know, uh, and, first, of all, first of all, the directors of CBS, you know, I mean, <laughs> Mr. Weinberg, you know, had a feat. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, yeah, they said, you know, well, this, this is not uh, usual, you know, with what we hear is different now. And uh, I proved them wrong, but my instinct proved them wrong. You know, it wasn't a decision that I made. My instinct told me otherwise. And I, I said to myself, I'm not expecting anything from this. Let me at least be honest with my own instinct. I, I think I have my answer based on the enthusiasm you're showing now. But, but just to ask the question, I mean, what is your relationship with Aguilleros at this point? When, when, you know, you're doing an interview in 2021 and somebody's asking you about that song. D does it get to a point where you just go, do you get bass enough already? I'm, I'm, I'm tired of talking about this song. Never. You don't. I swear to God, never. Every time I sing it, it is like the first time. But you know a lot of artists, uh, and you, I'm sure you understand, want to say, hey, man, listen to my most recent work. I've done a lot of stuff since then. It's, it's, I, it feels gracious of you to, to allow us to still uh, exploit that song when we talk about you. But, I mean, we can't avoid it because it's, it is, it's an anthem, right? Well, if it if it wasn't good, I shouldn't have put it out, you know. So, but if I released it, that meant you know that I believed in it then, and uh, I'm so happy, you know, that uh, it 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 was accepted the way it was and it was received the way it was. Do you get the publishing royalties on it, Firemars, or is this another one of those things where it's yes, a, it's... no, no, I have I have it. There are there are complications, you know, but. Uh, the, since you know I'm the author, you know of the works, you know I. That's great. Have their publishing rights. That's great. You know, you know, I was going to say. I mean, the thing about you being this songwriter, this I iconic songwriter, um, is that it, it's all on you. Then you you can only put out stuff when you've when you're able to write when it's coming to you. And you know, if I mean, it's not a surprise to you that people have said to you, you're an iconic songwriter, you're not a, entirely a prolific one. You've put out six studio albums in, in four decades. And when you've been asked about that, you say, I cannot force my writing. I have to wait for the songs to come to me. Tell yeah. me what it feels like for a song to come to you. It is very easy for me to write lyrics. You know, in one of my concerts uh, at UCLA uh, many years ago, I picked uh, four people from four different roles of the audience. Mm. And each one of them I asked for a word. 
they each give me a word. Right there and then I wrote a poem and I sang it for them. And I put music on it and I sang it. It's that easy for me to write lyrics and to write poetry. But the thing that travels through me is a different story altogether. It's got nothing to do with the technique of writing. Okay. It has something to do with all feelings. It's all encompassing and in enveloping me in a different uh, uh, sort of atmosphere. And I don't know what happens, to be honest with you. Oh, چشمان من باشد قلعه سنگین تنهایی چار دیوارش زهم باشد Most of my lyrics I do not even پاکنویس می کنم I don't even rewrite them I write from the beginning to the end Perhaps, you know, here or there, I change a couple of words, but nothing major. Because then it is not I who is writing. It is something that is traveling through me. It is something that uh, behests that I should write the lyrics down like that. So does that mean that you can't uh, say tomorrow from 2 to 6 p.m. I'm going to sit and write? It, no. it, that, would, that would be useless. <laughs> you have to wait until it comes to you? Yes, that, that is why, you know, it takes me such a long time, you know, to put out, you know, albums because uh, I find it dishonest to myself, first of all, mm. to uh, do otherwise. Otherwise, you know, I can, you know, but right now it's so easy to have albums, you know, I mean, uh, you can have it uh, very fast right. uh, with the facilities that we have at our disposal right now. But uh, I, I, I do not feel it. I do not, uh, you know, I always say it is better to work less than work worse. Mm. You know, Cam Cody, Behtaras Bat Korea. The other, uh, where was it? You know, about three or four years ago, Marjan, my wife, came and said, you know, let me look at your uh, voice memos. In my voice memos, she found 19 songs which I made an album of and told. And so many other songs are in, were in there. And I had just, uh, you know, recorded it scratch and I had left it there <laughs> and I had done nothing to them. And she said to me, are you crazy? These are all hits. These are beautiful songs. And of course it was Toyar, Rafti. All these songs were in that list. Well, thank thank God that she forced you. I'm going to come back to your most recent records. Um, sure. First, take me back because you you mentioned a couple of things that I must circle back to. Can you briefly tell us about those early days in Tehran? From the moment I opened my eyes, uh, I saw poets, musicians, and uh, interesting characters in our house. My father and mother, you know, loved to have people around and they had many friends. My father, you know, played tar and sitar, you know, on the side, you know, he always said, you know, this is okay to have it on the side. And that's why, you know, he was against me becoming a musician, said, you know, I mean, you can have it as a hobby, you know, not seriously. So uh, 
he dabbled in playing the guitar and everything. My mother had a beautiful voice, singing voice, wonderful singing voice. My mother's voice was my beginning of uh, finding that you can express yourself through singing. And uh, if you're happy, if you're sad, you know, there, there's a way of expression. Hmm. And many poets, you know, uh, came to our house. So uh, it was inevitable that I should, you know, be interested in music and lyrics, especially through my grandfather and seeing the poets in our house. And uh, I've always said, you know, perhaps this is repetitious, but I said, you know, if there were uh, mathematicians coming to our house, perhaps, you know, I was a great mathematician <laughs> now. I'm not a musician, but, you know, the, fortunately for me, you know, musicians and poets came to our house. Adam ke yade gozashte hash miofte Chashmunesh az gerye ashkalud mishe تصویری از روزهای رفته میبینه که در اون هر چهرهی نابود میشه هر پرستوی که به سوی میپره خبر پایون فصلی رو میبره هر گل تازهی که چشم باز میکنه به خودم میگم که این نیز میگذره when you talk about those early years in Tehran, yeah. the way you talk about it is quite romantic. And it's also clear that you uh, are a romantic, I think. Uh, tell me about Fadi Bandeh. Can I ask you about her? Oh, yes. Fadi Bandeh was eight. I was six. And uh, she was a neighbor's girl. And I fell in love with her because uh, she always smelled of uh, Nivea and Blendex cream you know that she wore on her face and her hands and uh, i always uh, associate the, the smell of those two creams with Faribande. Faribande comes to mind and uh, i fell in love with her and it was true love you know <laughs> I, mean, I mean to me that was an older love. woman you were six. oh yeah <laughs> exactly she was two years my senior <laughs> uh, but uh, unfortunately you know they departed and uh, that uh, emptiness stayed with me because you know i really missed her you know because uh, i said in one of the droplets you know the droplets of my life uh, that uh, in order to uh, throw uh, snowballs at her <laughs> I had prepared some snowballs, you know, but, you know, she wasn't there anymore. And the snowballs melted in the corner of the garden without her. And uh, yeah, it, it was it was very touching, uh, the feelings I had for her. It's beautiful, the story you tell in, in Droplets in your autobiographical uh, video series. That's where I got it from. That's why I, I wanted to ask her about her. Do, <laughs> do we know what happened to Fairy Bende? Did, I mean, if, if only she knew you were going to become a superstar, I'm sure you would have, uh, <laughs> she would have stuck with you. She would have stayed in the neighborhood. I, I do not know what happened to Fairy Bende. Fairy Bende and her family left uh, our neighborhood and they went to another place and another young girl you know perhaps uh, the same age as i uh, moved uh, into their house and of course you know i mean i fell in love with that girl <laughs> then <laughs> because you know it was convenient it was a neighbor <laughs> you know and uh, that girl you know died of diphtheria oh 
And that really left a big mm -hmm. hole in my heart because I remember, you know, I was so upset and I cried so much that my mother used to console me and, you know, uh, tell me that these things happen and poor thing is with the angels and on. But that didn't mean anything to me with the angels. I didn't want her to be with the angels. I wanted her to be with me and not the angels. And that and the death of my pigeon, you know, the yes. two uh, introductions to the end of mortality yes yeah introduce mortality to me yeah um by, by the way it sounds like you your love is based on geography whoever's living next door to you you fall in love with <laughs> unless they're not pleasing to the eye <laughs> you know you you things seem to be really falling into place for you 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 have this uh, as you've described it this wonderful these wonderful memories of of tehran you end up uh, after high school going to london to study as a journalism and then you come back to iran and of course this is the moment after working at tehran journal etc that you have that moment as a musician where you sign to cbs that iconic that classic first album comes out you eke out a second album hafez a memorandum in 1978 yeah. before you are farmer effectively forced to leave Iran uh, mm -hmm. during the revolution or, or right before it. Um, I haven't heard a lot in interviews that you've done about what that moment was like for you. This young guy who has just summited, who has just found his, his success being forced to leave the country and effectively leave his career. Uh, tell, tell me what that was like. Uh, then we were right in the middle of so many things happening that I couldn't look at it that way. You know, I, I knew that what I was doing yesterday, going to studio easily and, you know, recording was not going to happen anymore. I knew that, you know, CBS was being, you know, dismantled. The revolutionary the, the personnel came and, you know, took CBS over. And, uh, you know, and in the middle of everything, my wife was British, my children went to English school and the English school was closed. Yeah. And yeah. since my wife was British, I felt uh, that for her safety, you know, and uh, that was one of the reasons, you know, I left Europe. Perhaps, you know, I wouldn't have left if I was not uh, married or I was not married to a foreign uh, national. Uh, and my children had no school and they were used to the, the school they went to. So we decided, you know, to leave and go to England, you know, which was uh, my second home at that time. And there I realized the tragedy had hit, you know, and uh, I am not uh, uh, going to see the fruits of my labor as it was, you know. Yeah. And everybody said to me, oh, it was so short lived. And through that, you know, I said, oh, my God, they're right. It was short lived. It was only two years after I recorded that we had to leave Iran. <laughs> Aasemun 
It was it was it was uh, such a you know chaotic time to uh, be honest with you. My mind was racing here and there. You know what are we going to do? We were limited in the amount of money we could take out. I had two kids, you know, and uh, what was I going to do? You know, mm-hmm. uh, they wouldn't let us take more than ten thousand dollars between all of us out of Iran. Mm-hmm. And uh, what could you do with ten thousand dollars? You don't have a home. You don't have a car. You don't have uh, clothes. You know, I mean, it's, <laughs> it was. Uh, but you know, uh, life goes on and. If I were to say, how do you characterize the 1980s for you? Um, would it just basically be what you just said, which is a, a very, very difficult time? Um, sequestered in England. I mean, I'm no doubt doing some things that you loved, but the trajectory of how it all happened for you is is really, um, mm-hmm. uh, of course, the denouement. Later on in in life, it you know you your 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 success is there, but um, it, it must have been heartbreaking. It was in a way, but, you know, I mean, I didn't have time to uh, sit down and, you know, mope about it. Uh, I had to do something because of my kids and everything. So, you know, I did some translations, you know, I worked with some publications uh, uh, as a journalist, as a freelancer. And uh, also, you know, I did some cabaret uh, singing at nights, you know, with RF, you know, with uh, for many months or perhaps a year or two, you know, we had a, a club together, you know, I sang in that club uh, and uh, it was very successful, you know, because, you know, every the Iranian there, you know, thought they were going back home. So they were willingly spending money, you know, <laughs> and nightclubs and everything, but things changed little by little. And uh, uh, yeah, you know, I uh, had to make a living and uh, we had to cope with it in a way. By the 1990s, in 1999, in fact, you put out your third record. And this is yeah. this is your first major studio record since the late 70s, since you were in Iran, called yeah. Days of Songs and Sorrow. Let me just play a little bit of the title track from that record. <laughs> روزگار ترانه و اندوه روزهای بلند و بیفرجام از فغان نگفته ها هم بود روزگار سکوت و تنهایی هی هم اون سخیشتن گشتن سال خوردن به کوچه های غریب تیغ افسوس بر فراوردن little taste of the song Days of Songs and Sorrow from the album of the same name that came out in 1998, the third Farmaz Aslani record, and the first record that you made post-revolution. Um, what do you remember about that time, making that record, and how it felt to be birthing a, a new album again? I had written the songs many years prior to that, and it took me a while, you know, to uh, finish the album because uh, I was in England and uh, my mind was not uh, right then, you know, with the was what not was not with it. You know, I had some uh, personal uh, relationship problems, you know, in England and uh, which fortunately was uh, solved. So I was able to finish my record. 
and finish the album. Uh, recently, you know, the album I did with uh, Bobak Amini, that all the arrangements of the eight songs are Bobak's, and I always wanted to have something uh, as a memorandum of our work together and our uh, travels and concerts together. So I'm uh, very happy to see that album, uh, Midnight Till Dawn, uh, which is all uh, arranged by Bob Akjohn. Yes. And uh, it's my music and my lyrics. And uh, Cheke is in it. Historia de un amor is in uh, it. You, 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 t- you stole my thunder. I'm coming to Cheke because it's actually <laughs> my favorite, one of my favorite songs by anyone ever, in fact. Uh, let me play a bit of this because it is just gorgeous writing. And I, and I want to remind people of the song. And then I want to ask you a little bit about where this song came from. Go ahead, Sean. در شب تنهایی من عشق بود و شمع و بوی تنت پیچیده بود در سرزمین رخت خواد تا سهرگه یاد تو بود من در شب تا مرغ شب بر شاخه میخواد از شبانه خوبه دیدار The song Check Care I'm stepping on Babak's solo there right after That's from 2017 Faramaz Aslani It is such a gorgeous song so Tell me about that song I was sitting, you know, with my uh, uh, pen and paper and I was jotting something down and uh, I suddenly said to myself, you haven't written uh, any songs recently. What has happened to you? As if there is no drop left in this jog anymore. Hmm. This was the beginning of it. And I said, wow, that sounds good. Say something, do something. Mm-hmm. And then this became <laughs> the song, you know, the urge <laughs> to write a song became the song. That, that is how it happened. You know, I had felt like a drug that had no water in it. Mm-hmm. I felt empty, you know. This has been a great pleasure. I, I'm very grateful to you. Thank you so much, Yonjan. Thank you for uh, inviting me. And I thank you very much for the line of questioning, which was uh, quite refreshing. Uh, thank you. I hope to see you uh, uh, post-COVID back on tour so we can get you back here in Canada. And Absolutely. You do, might do, see me in Canada. Do more soon. of this in person. Thank you, Yonjan. Thank you, all the best. Bye-bye. Bye. That is the legendary Iranian-American singer, songwriter, instrumentalist, Fatimaz Aslani. Fatimaz joined us from Los Angeles, California today.
side. This is a special themed edition of Rook, the music icons. We get back to our regular Rook programs. The debut of season two this coming Monday. Join us for that. Uh, Remember, for all things Rook, our episodes, our guests, our uh, videos, our music, everything can be found at rookmedia.com. Let's get to our second feature guest. You know, if you grew up in Iran or have been listening to Iranian popular music any time in the last 50 years, you will know many of the songs my next guest has composed. In fact, it's a pretty sure bet that you will be able to sing back melodies that have emerged from his creative well. Take a listen to this. خورده بودم از عشق در انتظار مردن در بدر همیشگی کلی صد سال منم خاک تمام جاده هاست جامعه کنه little taste of some very familiar voices to those in Iran and in the Iranian diaspora. That was In Order, songs by Gugush, Dariush, Ebi, Haideh, and Moin. And those were all massive hit songs composed by our guest today, Farid Zoland, is simply one of the most prolific and successful contemporary composers and songwriters of our time. A quick glance at his list of hits reveals a range of musical genres and styles so diverse it's difficult to believe the songs could have come from the same person. And he has just kept pumping them out year after year, from before the revolution to today in Los Angeles. As you just heard, he's written for the A-list of Persian music legends, and you can add to that list many, many others, like Sator, Marjan, and Shah Rukh, and emerging talents such as Rastin. Many of Farid's songs have become popular anthems in their own right. In fact, every song that we plan on playing throughout this interview is one that Farid Zoland has been the composer of. But while Farid's story should be a heartening one of tremendous talent and remarkable success, a kid born in Afghanistan who has become the composer of the sound of Iranian pop over the last half century, there is a difficult side to his legacy as well. Based on the lack of any kind of sophisticated publishing or copyright royalty system in Persian culture and music, Farid Zoland has barely been compensated in any meaningful material way for his creative catalog of work. Indeed, while his songs have transcended genre and generations and are featured on radio, at parties, live shows, and in many Iranian films, his remuneration has been modest. 
Today, anyone in his place in the West would be making millions on royalties alone, paid for repeated viewings or streams of his music. But Farid is now having to resort to legal action to secure some part of what is rightfully his. Right now, the legendary Farid Zoland joins me from Los Angeles today. Hello, sir. Hello, how are you? Good to talk to you, and I'm happy to speak with you, and you had a very beautiful contradiction for me, and I appreciate that. Oh, it is it is such an honor to have you on the program, Fadi John. I am in awe of you and your talents and your output over the years. Man, I know that you English are very difficult. Difficult, but I English is not good. I ask questions in English. I'll ask the questions in English, and you can answer in English or Farsi, whatever's comfortable. Okay, so there is so much we could talk about, and I feel like I could spend this interview just dissecting some of your masterful hit compositions, but I would really like to discuss this issue of copyright and compensation because it is not something that just affects you, but many Persian artists and creators. Uh, are you are you comfortable if we go right to the issue of compensation and and copyright to start? I think it's essential. من خوشحالم که شما این سوال مطرح میکنید چون من برای این مسئله کوشش زیادی دارم در از سال 2006 تا الان و ادامه داره. متاسفانه در موزیک ایران و بعض مملکت مدلیس اینا رعایت نمیکنن مسئله کپی رایت رو و در ایران که خب اصلا این رعایت نمیشد و همه چی به نام خواننده یا کمپانی یا اینا هر کدوم منتشر میکردن یه مقدار ناچیز پرداخت میکردن و مثل که یه پرتغال بخرن و میگرفتن این کارو نمیدونستان که موزیک چیزی است که از هر طرفش وقتی که پول ساخته میشه باید از به آتورش پرداخت بشه و این پول فقط مسئله پول برای پولدار شدن ما نیست آره برای این استش که این موسیقی روز به روز پیشرفت بکنه کارهای جدید انجام بدیم خرچهای جدیدی بکنیم اما وقتی خواننده آهنگای من و آهنگای امکارهای دیگه منو که بعد 4 5 6 نفرم بیشتر نمیشیم و ترانه سرای دیگه که سالهای سال زحمت کشیدن میرن در یک استیج میخونن از 700000 دلار تا 140 50000 دلار 120000 دلار پول در یک شب میگیرن yes. و یک دلار به اتوراش نمیدن حالا شما تجسم کنین که خواننده بسیار خوب عالی اینا میاد در استیج میاد میخونه این آهنگایی که ما براشون ساختیم اینو نخونن مردم نمیان اونجا با شب من فقط تویی ستاره دنبال دور با شب من فقط تویی مردم فقط برای ریخت و فقط صدای خواننده که چیزی رو نخونه لالالا بکنه که مردم نمیان و اینا این رایت ما رو قانونی نمیدونن و اصلا نمیخوان بدونن من و همکارای دیگه من شاعرا و ترانه‌سرای مثل در جنتیتایی اردمان سرفراز شاعر قمبری و آقای حسن شمایزاده و من ما این مسئله این پروسه رو 
داریم جلو میبریم که این کرونا آمدی مقدار مسائل رو به تعویق انداخت در چهار پنج سال گذشته ما تمام این آهنگا رو به ثبت رساندیم و رجستر کردیم اما این آهنگا رو آه. که معلوم باشه که مسئله قانونی اینجوری که چون در اروپا در آمریکا در اینجا که شما میدونید که این مسئله بسیار براشون مهمه و اینا ما وقتی که آمریکایی موزیسین آمریکایی رو باش میشینم صحبت میکنم میگه شما چند تا این ساختین مثلا من میگم 240 تا او حیرت زده میمونه میگم چقدر میگم 170 80 تا من هیت دارم فقط اینا یک دونه دو تاشو داشته باشن زندگیشون از این رو به اون رو میشه ما This is something I want to keep returning to on this program. It is how our great Persian creators are not compensated for the landmark work, work they've done. And, and, and let me be clear. I said it in the introduction, uh, but I'll say it again. Any Western songwriter who has written over one quarter, even one-tenth of the massive hits you have, would be receiving giant royalty checks four times a year. In other words, you should be... A multi multi-millionaire by now and, and, and you know I have a friend who is he wrote one big hit for Celine Dion one and that was enough for him to live off for the rest of his life in terms of the exactly. royalties he gets but exactly. uh, because every time and just to explain it to people every time that song gets played on the radio every time somebody buys a record of Celine Dion every time Celine Dion sings the song in concert every time that song gets played on the radio or appears on a TV show this guy makes money because he's the composer So let me ask you, what kind of payment do you get from royalties or publishing? Do you get anything? Nothing. Nothing. From TVs, from radios, from the singers, nothing. I mean, this even, is... Even, for example, my song, I wrote it for Haide, Shana Hayat. Yes. About 60 million hits have it in uh, uh, YouTube. And I don't have one penny of that. If you remember two years ago, three years ago, you know Marvin Gaye, the singer. Of course. He passed away because his father shot him or something like that about yes. 25 years ago. Chan Mahdi Pish. دخترش دو تا دخترش متوجه میشن که یک آهنگ پدرش رو برداشته یک آقای به نام آهنگ فقیر این دو تا آهنگ یک مقدار از این آهنگ برداشته بودن تو آهنگ خودشون گذاشته بودن اینا آمدن 7 میلیون پوینت فور جاجمنت گرفتن و رفتن حقشون از اینا گرفتن یعنی در اینجا برای یک نصف آهنگ یک سوم یک آهنگ همچین ارزش قائلم بدترین قسمت اینجا این استش که من این آهنگایی که ساختم باور کنه که نه که خود ستایی باشه اینا من وقتی که آهنگ گوش میدم خوشم میاد اینا اما اینقدر این خواننده رو من یک موقعی دوست داشتم و عشق بهش داشتم که من این آهنگا رو با دل جان براش ساختم اما امروز از اون آهنگ بدم میاد وقتی صداش میشنوم من از کریر خود بیزار دارم میشم 
ببین فرید از این این تار شومی دو من 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 هیچ وقت توی ایران نبودم من انگلستان با دوی آمدم مدام کانادا این این تاریخ من نمیفهمم از این اول به من باید توضیح بده اکسپلین بکنید چون که من this is something I continue to be shocked about especially as a musician as and as someone who um, you know I wrote some songs that got played on the radio in the in the 90s and I, I, I still yeah, I man هنوز یه چکی میگیرم you know uh, it's not a lot but it, it makes چند, a difference of course if they sing it they have to pay royalty because I wrote the songs I continue to be shocked about the the, the state of this for Iranian yes. composer I've spoken with our dear Iraj Janati Atayi about this as well yes. a man whose words that most Iranians can recite He's one of the legends but who is living in England and he has to worry about you know money and making ends meet let me ask you from the the history of this why did hala before inghilab why did a persian music industry where writers and composers are compensated where copyright is respected why did that never emerge aha bale dalilish in astesh ke dar un zaman dar zaman shah inqad safar unja kopi mekardan کتاب کپی میکردن ناولار کپی میکردن اینا رو مثلا چیزی که بسیار سالم میلیاردها باید از اینا پول کپی رای باید پرداخت میکرد ایران روی حساب ایران روی چیز کپی رایت اینترنشنال نرفت کپی رایتی که تمام دنیا ازش تابعیت میکنه ایران نرفت ایران نرفت اما یه کاری کردن که در خود ایران قانون کپی رایت و مؤلفین و مصنفین اونجا درست کردن اونم به اندازه این بود که ما مثلا یک آهنگ رو به یک شرکت واگ... بدیم واگذار کنیم بعد تو اون شرکت منویشی که مثلا این آهنگ شما رایتش هر جایی که بخوایی داری اما مثلا اینه که یک قانونی برای خودشون درست کردن برای اون کسایی که در داخل ایران کار میکرد الانی که شما فکر کنین ازاران نمیسنده ایرانی نوزیسیانش نمیدونم سینما تاعت تمام این کسایی که در بیرون هستن رنج تو بزرگترین سوالی که تا امروز بی جواب نه تو بیداری نه تو خواب نه تو قصه و کتاب امروز در ایران خی خواننده که مثلا یک صدایی داره و یک چهار قرام پولی داره میاد برای یک آهنگساز و یک ترانه سراکی میده میره آهنگ میخونه میبره تو هر شب برنامه میذاره اینا اما از آهنگسازش و ترانه خبری نیست که من به اونا به اونا پرامیس کردم که اگر این مساله رو که من دارم میبرم تو دادگاه و اینا چون همین اگر کرونا نبود ما الان تو دادگاه بودیم اما چون این مال یک رقم انداخته اینا حالا دو ماه دیگه سه ماه دیگه اینا هم ما کارا رو انجام میده وکیلا کار انجام میدن شما فکر کشو بکنید که من الان ساعت 450 دلار 500 دلار از سال 2011 من دارم به وکیل پول میدم به وکیل پول میدم و راستش همکارای منم اونقدر استطاعت این پول ندارم من از این برانور چی میگم قرض میکنم آهنگ هایی که میدم این چه میکنم که بتونم 
وکیلو بهش چگونه که تازگی و وکیل آمده میگه که آقا من این پولی که میگیرم باید از 20 درصد هم بزن ولی هنوز هنوز من نمیفهمم چطوری why this was a I wonder uh, let me propose this and you tell me if there's any truth to this I wonder if there's something فرهنگی something cultural about this it's almost like in Iranian in Persian culture artists are held to a lesser standard no one would expect a dentist to do dental work for free <laughs> you know just exactly. just just do exactly. okay just you know, do your dental work i'm not going to pay you anything is this because cultural they value is, in the songs the music they do though they do because we love our artists and we love the songs and we sing yeah. the songs and we go oh gugush and hide in so is this part of this long-standing cultural idea that doctors and engineers are to be respected and writers and artists well, are از یکی از دوستان من که بسیارم از نظر اقتصادی وضع خوبی داشت اینا آمد به من گفت که مثلا آلبوم نون پنیر سبزی اومده بود بیرون اون موقعیل مثلا فرض میگم سال نوت ابی داریوش ابی داریوش که این آلبوم من کامپوز کرده بودم ساخته بود اینا آمد به این گفت فرید این آلبوم چقدر قشنگ و چقدر زیباست و من در حدود 20 تا کپی کردم به دوستام دادم من نگاش کردم گفتم تو چرا این کار گفتم تو چرا این کار کردی آره طرف مثلا فرض میکنیم یکی از بزنسمنای بسیار موفق و اینا گفتم تو بزنس تو خوب بلدی اما بزنس دیگران رو نمیدونی گفت یعنی چی گفتم یعنی این که شما فکر نکردی که شما این 20 تا 25 تا 30 تا کوپی که تو کردی این کوپی میکنه و کوپی میکنه این اندستری از بین میره گفت من میتونم پس الان پول بدم به این گفتم نه شما برو بخر برای من پول نده شما برو بخر یعنی اینقدر ناآگاهن هرچی هم که ما میگیم هرچی هم که مصاحبه میکنیم میگیم آقا این آهنگ مال آهنگساز و شعرش مال تران سراس این آهنگ مال پلان خانندی که شما اسمی بره نیست اون خانندی این آهنگ yes. Yes. We know who Paul Anka is. If you, if you live in the exactly. West, you might know who Paul Anka is. I love Anka the guy. Is. Yeah. <laughs> right. So Paul Anka, Khiniam Zerang Booth. He's a he's a Lebanese Canadian guy, and from the time he was a teenager, yes, he said, "I want to own my own publishing." This is back in the 1950s and right. 60s. He told me the story at length. This guy, I, I mean, it's true that he had many hits, but basically, his biggest composition that he's given us in his life of a very rich material life as a consequence of yeah. it's because of a song called my way yeah he wrote my way a song that became identified with frank sinatra it's the biggest frank sinatra song ever but it wasn't written by frank sinatra and no. everyone understands the guy He's who wrote the song. By sinatra exactly but, but and here's the strange part when we say we don't want to blame the artist I mean the strange part is that Ebi and Dariush I, I mean I know you probably don't want to name names because it's systemic you can't just blame an artist no but... we, 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 we after I'm sorry وقتی که ما آمدیم در یک مملکت اینجا چل ساله چلو یک ساله که در اینجا زندگی میکنیم almost دیگه ما اینو باید از متوجه شدن آقای آقایونه که شما اسم بردین اینا متوجه که دارن چیکار میکنن اما ترک عادت نمیکنن اما اینا ارزش برای 
رایترشان قائل نیستند حالا ما چی گناهی داشتیم گناهی ما این بود که فکر میکنیم آهنگسازی من بالاتر از پوله <تصفيق> تا اینکه اصلا سیدی از بین رفت کاست از بین رفت یه چیزی که گیرمون از اونجا میامد که میتونستیم کار کنیم و زندگیمونه بگذرانیم اینا این از بین رفت فقط موند آنلاین و اینا که آنلاین هم که همه دیگه شما گفتم گفتم 60 میلیون آهنگ من گوش میدن اما یک دلار بر من نمیاد فرید you, you sound angry are you angry ببینیم میدونه چرا انگری انگری برای این هستم که من ازاران ازار ساحت رو توی استودیو نشستم در یک جای تاریک مصرف کردم وقت گذراندم زب کردم من روزایی شده بود که زب میکردم میامدم خونه خانوادی من میگفت که اصلا صورتی تو کبود شده کبود که نه سبز شده و با اون عشق و با اون علاقی که من این آهنگار ساختم و اینا میامد بیرون مثل به اصطلاح عوام توپ میترکید و خوشحال میشدم و سدسفکشن میگردم الان از این آهنگم بدم میاد این انگری من این میکنه شما فکر کنه یک کارمنده نشسته تریجر یک آفیسه صاحب آفیس که این پول در میاره اینا نه تنها این پولش نمیگیره اون تریجره از اون بغل که چون دم در هستش و پول و چک و دریافت میکنه اونو بر بره بر بر خونش یک ما ببره شما چی کار میکنه ما پنجاه ساله که گرفتاری اینا هستیم مثل بادی سرد پاییز قملا نتیهی به من زد حتی باقبون نفهمید که چافتی به من زد رگوریش ها Let me be honest with you. I knew of you. I knew that there was a guy named Farid Zaland who was very talented and had written some hits. I didn't know, and I knew some of the hits. I didn't know until I started researching for this interview just how many hits you have written, how many songs you have written. And I have to tell you, I, I mean, I, 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 I've been a, um, an artist. I've been a, a manager in music. I've been a producer. I, I, I did a music show for a while. I, I'm a music fan. I can tell you, I do not think... I cannot think of any equivalent to you in Western popular music. I mean, I mean, notwithstanding uh, Paul McCartney or Stevie Wonder, these legendary artists who've written dozens of hits, but are artists who have mostly written songs for themselves or their groups. The greatest songwriters who write for others in the West, be it Diane Warren or a contemporary songwriter like uh, Ed Sheeran, no one has had the output of you. No one in, 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 in that I can think of, say, in the United States. So it's, you're not just saying this as a composer who deserves to be recognized. You are saying this as someone that I'm telling folks, if they didn't know, that is extraordinary in terms of the fact that most Iranians could sit in this room with me and sing back 20 of your songs that they've known, you know, off the top of their head. And the fact that you don't get compensated for that is a tremendous injustice. That's the in Masale Gerefori Mohashama Fikon and Kemobitunin, Mitunistim Masana Fazmikunin, Bain Aku, Hudberesimin, in 
همکارای من دوستای من خود من اینا خیلی کارا میتونستیم بکنیم خیلی بهتر میتونستیم کار بکنیم اما بازم با عشق مردم و لذت ما تنها لذتی که مونده برامون اینه که مردم وقتی که ریسپان میکنن در جایی که من میشناسن یا ماها رو میشناسن اون ریسپان میکنن برای من بسیار مختنم و بسیار عزیزه که اون از ازاران میلیون دلار هم بیشتره این سمال وی ای هوب دت دیس we we can do that with this with this program too you know just you to keep creating awareness around this because i think it is uh, it, it is something that i it really makes me sad about our culture and and something that i really hope we can change listen i know i can't keep you forever <laughs> can i i, I want to ask you some questions about songs if it's okay because okay, i'm sure. i am in awe at how prolific how your output is it's crazy to me and it's it's i think as a songwriter it's impossible for you to be someone who just waits for inspiration you have to have some kind of you're like a machine do you sit down <laughs> i mean really you this, you're you're not someone who can just wait for to break up with a girl or for the lightning to strike or something to write a song i mean wow. you are so industrious <laughs> do you sit down at the piano and just write every day how how was it that you've no, been able no, to no, keep no. this up i was in sleep and i'm even do i have lyrics from my uh, lyricists like uh, ardalan sarfarad shayor and iraj and others i have it and i'm خیلی زود من میتونم افس کنم اینا من شده خواب بودم تو بین خواب این لیریکس تو نظرم اومده رفتم پشت پیانه تیک زبط کردم رفتم فردا بیدار شدم گوش دادم ببینم این خوب مثلا شقایق یکیشه شقایق من تو خواب اینه گفتم شقایق این یا من بینه این شیر رو همیجور تکرار میکنم اینا ملودی رو رفتم پشت پیانو زدم یک زبط سوت هم دارم من روی اون زبط کردم And this is But long. Not, this is long before you knew that the, you didn't yeah. know that Dariush is going to sing that song. This is like your. Yeah. You, you're exactly. Just, uh-huh. Oh. Injuri nis. Man khanandam o bayad bishnasam. Characterisho dar ruy stage bedunam. Characterisho bishe mardom bedunam. Bad ahang barashi. Pas shagayakshi. یه چیز جالب راجیو شقایق بگم بهتون شقایق من برای ابی نوشته بودم داریوش از زندان آمد بیرون گفت فری چیز داری آهنگ چیز به من داری اینا گفتم آره من اولین آهنگای من برای داریوش شقایق بودی یاورمیش مومن اولین آهنگایی که به داریوش دادم بعد گفت که اینا گفتم شقایق رو من زدم برش گفتم اینو ساختم من تا این آهنگ مال ابیه من یک چهانگی که به ایک خانم دمیدم دیگه نمیم به خانم دیگه بدمیدم دلم مثل دلت خونه شقایت چشم دریای بارون خلاصه این یک مهمونی تشکیل دادم اون فردا شبش اینا و ابی بود و نشسته بودیم با هم با داریوش و خانوارگی فهمیدی اینا نشسته بودیم برگشت داریوش گفت که ابی جان من از زندان آمدم بیرون فرجان یک آهنگ برای شما ساخته اینا و 
این آهنگو میخواستم اگر تو اجازه بدی فرید بده به من بعد ابی گفت که آره داریشان چون داریش از زندان آمده بود یک وضعیت خیلی سنسیتیف شده بود اما همه ایمات مثل right. بیش اینا This is be like بله. 1976 مثلا بله 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 قیامتی شد بعد از اون کیاوره میشه من که دیگه هیچی کیاوره میشه من یکی از چی میگم نگاه هیتای موزیک فارسیه امروز همه اینو بهش معترف هستنم اینو این داستان حتی خود داریوش و چند تا میدیایی که صحبت کردن این مسئله رو حالا مسئله که هستش اینجا اینه که ما در اون موقع الان من اصلا آهنگ میسازم مثلا فرض میکنیم آهای مردم دنیا گله دارم گله دارم میگم این داریش بود خود نازنین رو What was so interesting about that is, because I was going to ask you, we often speak about great songs as existing outside of the artists that perform them. Like we talk and we say, oh, that's a timeless melody or that's a music uh, I can't get out of my head. Yeah. Do you think, is a great song sometimes about who is performing it? In other words, do you write a song and think, oh, this would be great for Gugush, but it won't be a great song if Darius sings it? Songwriter, I think, have a lot of, should have a lot of ability to know the singers. For example, مثلا آهنگ شانه هایت من برای هایده نوشتم یا یاره به برای هایده نوشتم مثلا یا پادشای خوبانه برای هایده نوشتم But my question is, would that be as great a song if Haida had not sung it? Would my way be as famous a song if Sinatra hadn't sung it? That's the question. باید از آهنگساز و ترانسرا باید از فکر بکنن که این کار رو به کی میدن این لباسی که دوخته میشه به تن این خاننده و به مردم ارائه میشه باید از فکر باشه There's a story when it comes to the, the lyrics that you put with your music, uh, uh, choosing the right lyrics and the way you write music with them. There's a story, I think, if, if I have this right, you were, you were young, you were, you were sitting at the piano, you were composing music in front of a poem, 
and your father was overhearing this and he said what are you doing and you say well i'm i'm writing a song and he says no you're fighting with the song <laughs> <laughs> what what was he getting at no it was my sitting at the piano and I'm changing the the, the the chords and I'm doing this and that and I'm seeing the lyrics and I'm looking at the lyrics again starting. I so my father is standing in the back of me or they said, What are you doing here? تو باید شعر رو کار کنی و شعر رو طور باید کار کنی که خودت اگه شاعر بودی اون شعر رو میگفتی من بعد از این حرف پدرم هر شعری که دستم گرفتم هر ترانی که دستم گرفتم میگفتم تو اگر ترانه سرا بودی اینه میگفتی بعد این با اون احساس خودم وقتی که میاوردم به وجود خودم من کار میکردم اون در میامد که میخواد چون این کار کار خیلی خیلی شکننده هستش باید از خیلی آدم موازه باشه کلمات باید چیجوری ادا بشه صحبت آشغانه چیجوریه جنگش چیجوریه نمیدونم ناراحتیش چیجوریه اینا را همه را باید از بغل شنونده باید بشونی با چی؟ با هارمونی درست و با تقسیمات درست سر و ته داشته باشه باید آهند پدرم میگفت میگفت آقا جان شما هر یک روز از من سوال کرد که تو آنگساز خوبی هستی گفتم والا مردم تعریف میکنم بابا جان بعد میگن آهنگت خوبه اینا گفت ببین اگر یک روز فکر کردی که تو آهنگساز بسیار خوبی هستی و کار تمام بدون کار تمامه you are nothing wow yani you can't be happy with all that you've done you have to keep doing it huh Yes, yes. I, I wanted, I, من تا اون چیزی که پدرم بهم گفتن گفتن که آقا بدون که هیچ وقت تو به یک دریایی داری سفر میکنی که به خشکی نمیرسی باید از ای پارو بزنی که تا به اونجا برسی You you were born in Afghanistan. You're, and, uh-huh. and your dad was a a, 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 fair, a very accomplished musician there and singer there. Yes. How did it? How does it happen that this kid who is grows up in Afghanistan becomes at the at the center of the Iranian music industry by the 1970s? How how did it happen? About four or five friends together, uh, we starting to have an orchestra, amateur orchestra in Afghanistan radio. And the, uh, young, the, the youth uh, program, we had a one-hour program and recording. And you were playing piano? I'm playing piano, and I'm playing the, uh, some kind of percussion, and that, uh, any other thing. Five to Burs Ahmad, four to as Shuravi, but one of Iran. But we were candidates who were doing this work, that we were شوروی و در ایران که یک دونه بود اونجا تحصیل موسیقی بکنیم 
چون این مراودهای فرهنگی بود که بین افغانستان و ایران و مثلا حالا شوروی و اینا بین خودشان بود اینا بورس آمده بود در رادیو افغانستان و رادیو افغانستان ما پنج نفر کاندید کرده بود که مثلا این بورس رو بگیریم و بریم من گفتم برو اول ما گفتم خب رفتم اینا دست کردم اومد دیدم ایران اومد بر من بر من ایران اومد این کره کشی کردیم ایران ما من اون چهار نفر رفتن شوروی من اومدم ایران وزارت فرنگونه رو بعد رفتم خودت فقط رفتی خود با ایوان بله سوار هواپیما شدیم اومدیم اونجا و بچه بودی یو تینیجرست بچه بوده بله بله بچه بودم من 10 سالم بود بعد آمدیم وزارت فرنگونه رو اونجا بسیار چی کردن و این بورسیه بودیم دیگه بار ما رفتیم و نرستان آلی موسیقی بود درست خوندم اینه ما I was 15 years old که من اولین آهنگم از ساختم آخه خیلی I was, I was doing the math actually I was trying to figure out because I was thinking Fari's not that old and he was <laughs> these hits from, are from 50 years ago how is he doing how did he, you had to be 50 <laughs> So, so you're, and by the way, when you go as a 15-year-old, as a 10-year-old, you're a, I mean, I know you're a proud Afghan and you have a, you've kept your Dari accent. Did you, was there any xenophobia? As you had me carried in Iran in the 1970s at all for, because you were Afghan? خانواده اینجا باید تصیبت بکنم خانواده شعوال شفره و شعرام شفره به من خیلی نزدیک بودن مثل یک برادر برای من بودن انوشیروان روحانی خیلی به من کمکت شد از دوستای سمیمی پدر من بود و چون پدر من در محیط اونری ایران بسیار شناخته شده بود و دوستش داشتن و ایترام برش میذاشتن نسبت به من خیلی لطف داشتن اینه من در ایران ایچ اونه ایساس غربت نکردم و این صحبت که الان راجع به افغان و افغانی و از این داستان های که در ایران الان از متاسفانه نبودن tell, tell me about what convinced you to leave Iran in such haste in those volatile that's, months that's, 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 it's unbelievable I, وقتی که خمینی توپیمای ایر فرانس وارد ایران می شد خبرنگار توپیمای ازش برسید که چه احساسی داری که میخوایی بری ایران بعد از این همه سال کوچی اینه که گفت ما چند نفر دوستان نشسته بودیم گفتم بچه ها من رفتم گفت یعنی چی گفتم که میرم از این مملکت ما دارم میرم گفت چی گفتم وقتی که این احساس نداره من عقوبتش رو خوب نمیبینم آمدم خلاصه اینو پیش خودم تو فکرم بود که از ایران بیام بیرون پدر بازم زیاد داوت داشتم مقداره پدرم صحبت میکرد پدرت هنوز افغانستان بود افغانستان بود افغانستان به من رفتم تو مخابرات میدون چی میگن سپه و اونجا رفتم زنگ زدم و اینا که خیالشون از من راحت باشه پدرم گفت که سرود مرود نمیسازی گفتم چرا با پدرم چرا؟, چرا گفت حرفا خیلی عجیب و غریبه گفتم چی عجیب و غریبه گفت وقتی که میگن نفت و مجانی میکنیم و آب و مجانی میکنیم و برق و مجانی میکنیم و خونه براتون میدیم اینا این یه دروغای توش هست تو در این مسئله مشارکت نکن من تنها آهنگ سازم که در انقلاب هیچ گونه آهنگ من به اونجا نمیشتم آمدم آهنگ چی کسی میخواد من تو ما نشویم خانهش ویران بود ما اون ساختم که ستار خوند 
چه کسی میخواهد من و تو ما نشویم چه کسی میخواهد من و تو ما نشویم من برای شیش مال لندن بودم شش مال لندن بودم بعد آمدم تورنتو یک مامونیم دو مال تورنتو بودم دوست نداشتی تورنتو تورنتو اون موقع اینقدر خلوت بود و این یانگ استریت یه کوچه بود ایرانی ها هنوز نبودن اینجا فقط یه چلو کبابی بود اونجا و یک هندی رستوران هندی بود بعد بعدش هم که من سوم آگست 1979 You know, it's funny thinking about you in L.A. now because L.A. certainly through the 80s, 90s, and, and I guess today, is it's considered one of these meccas of Persian music. But I guess when right. you first arrived there, uh, was there even a, a, a Persian it's, music it's scene there? Yeah, there. هیچ نبود چند نفر از هم کارا بودیم و اینا یک کابار تهران بود و همین ما تازه شروع کردیم یعنی باور کن خودم می نشستم جلد کاست می ساختم اون موقع کاست بود فقط خودم جلد کاست می ساختم بعد می دادم چابخونه که چاب کنه اصلا اون موقع گرافیک اینا چیز نبود بعد یواش یواش دیگه این شرکت ها اومدن و با هم چشیدیم و اینا و شروع کردیم کارتون بیزی هستن و اینقدر وضع کارشون درست است که یک آدم که این همه گرفتاری و این همه چی دارد و ممکنه به بازی نگیرن اینا منتا دوست دارم که مثلا یک سری کارمو مثلا بهشون معرفی بکنم گوش بکنم ممکن است که به دردشون بخورم استفاده بکنم ولی اما چیش راستشو بگیم نه دنبالش رفتم نه اینکه چیزی بوده که منو معرفی بکنن که آقا این آقا هست شما این کارو بکن You said that you do not consider yourself an Iranian songwriter or an Afghan songwriter or a Tajik songwriter. I'm a Persian You're songwriter. Pa- uh-huh. I mean, Persian songwriter. What does it mean? Tell me. Tell us what that means to you. Meaning that when I say that in Afghanistan, they are in Tajikistan, 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 they are in این دوست ندارم اما دوست دارم که فارسی زبان با هم اتفاق داشته باشم با هم لذت ببرن با هم خیلی کارا میتونه بکنن حالا اون ایران اون افغانستان اون تراتوریشان همیشه قابل احترامه اما مسئله که هست اینجا اینه که ما این آلت پریجیدیسی رو نباید داشته باشیم من وقتی که کامنت های پریجیدیسی بر من چی از افغان چی از تاجیک چی از ایرانی بر من میرسه بسیار ناراحت میشم اصلا میگم چرا این, این مغز باید اینجوری فکر کنه رگ و ریشه ماها در یک سرزمین آریایی به هم وصله و کوشش کنیم که اون چیزی که درسته برای مردم بهشون تقدیم کنیم و بهشون بدیم
چون ما جز این مردم و این جوان ها و این ما کسی نداریم چیزی نداریم فرید زلاند I so appreciate your time, your historical perspective, your passion, your fighting for uh, the artists' rights, your advice, your elegance. Merci ke inqadar vaqt dashti bashe ma amruz. It it was an honor, and I uh, I so look forward to talking to you more in the future. Thank you for this. Jean Aziz, thank you very much. I appreciate your time and. بسیار مصاحبه خوبی داشتم و خیلی دوست دارم که هر وقتم گوش بدم یاد امروز باشم و که اون چیزایی که تو دلم بود شما از من بیرون آوردین و این خیلی خوبه یک جورنالیست اینجور کار بکنه so تشکر میکنم خیلی ممنونم خداحافظ خداحافظ that is the legendary composer and songwriter Fadid Zoland He has been responsible for scores of hit songs by Iranian superstars over the last five decades. Fadid Zolan joined us from Los Angeles, California today. This is full time for Rook for today. Remember, for all things Rook, go to our website, rookmedia.com, rookmedia.com, where you can become a patron, you can subscribe, you can link to all of our platforms, our special episodes, our Rook funnies, our videos, rookmedia.com. Hey, thanks to the amazing team who put this show together. The fabulous Keon, Thoughtful Nagin, Ponta, the artist, producer Susan, Super Patty Saw, Savvy Roham, Sponsorship Sean, Aurai Mertad, Captain Reza and Groovy Shaya. And thank you to all of you out there for supporting us and sharing our content throughout season one. Please subscribe if you've not done so already on any of our platforms. It's free. And we'll see you for the debut of season two coming on Monday. Find me on Instagram and Facebook at Gian Gomeshi. In the meantime, Mizun Bashi.